Hey, welcome to North Point Conversations, our podcast that we do that's just about special stuff going on. And we have um, our Sri Lanka mission team here with us. And so uh, I tell you what, let's just uh, have everybody introduce themselves. I'm Rick Rubel. I'm the lead pastor at North Point. I don't know. Uh, go ahead, Larry. I'm Larry Carter. I'm the relief pastor <laughs> at North Point. That's as well. great. <laughs> short, short innings, right? That's right, short innings. <laughs> I'm Deb Rubel, and I'm Rick's wife. <laughs> I'm Kim McKeel. I'm Don McKeel. Um, we thought uh, what we want to do in this uh, episode of North Point Conversations, and incidentally, we hope that you like the set change that we have for you today with the Sri Lankan flag and the attire. Uh, Don's got a hat. Rick's got a hat. Larry's got a shirt. We're all good. Um, that we should be actually drinking tea this morning, right? Uh, Sri Lankan tea. Um, I, I thought that it might make sense for us to just talk about how we ended up on the trip. Um, so, uh, my, my story, uh, we went to Sri Lanka from September 12th to the 25th. Um, my story kind of goes back, uh, probably seven or eight years ago when, um, Laminda and Denise Ubeyawansha, uh, came to North Point and said, Hey, we're looking for support, financial support. And, um, and would you guys be interested? And we said at that point we couldn't do it. It was uh, a little bit more than two years later that things worked out, that we had some money that was available um, in our missions budget to be able to support them. Uh, fast forward to about 2018, I did a trip to Ukraine, came back from that trip with a strong conviction that there was an incredible benefit that happened when me in my role as, as uh, the lead pastor was able to go and visit our missionaries there. So we made a commitment at that point to try and do that on an ongoing basis. Um, the, uh, COVID happened, that stopped that, but I was able to contact Denise and Laminda um, last year and say, hey, how about if we came to Sri Lanka uh, this year? And they were all over it, and that's how I got there. So that's kind of my backstory. Uh, let's go in this order. Don, why don't you go next, and then Kim, and then Deb, then Larry. Okay, I remember it was a few years ago, Denise and Laminda came to the church, um, and I'd heard that these missionaries were going to come from Sri Lanka. Um, my grandfather, my mom's dad, uh, was a missionary to that country when it was Ceylon back in the late 30s and 40s, um, so I was interested. Um, we heard them speak, uh, and just Felt a connection. I was able to talk to them afterwards. Um, and then fast forward to, was it last year, I think? Yeah. Um, when the offer went out to go on this mission trip, and I remember thinking I didn't want to just act out of excitement. Um, so I tried to sort of quell that. And we were walking out of the church, and Kim said, Are you interested? <laughs> <laughs> I said, Yeah, I am. I just want to make sure it's the right thing. Um, so we prayed about it. And Ended up going on the trip. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, I, too, remember that day very well when uh, Rick mentioned the trip, and I remember hitting Don's leg saying, you should go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then God spoke to me, too, while we were praying about it, and uh, clearly heard we should go together. So... We did. Yeah, it, um, it's funny because from my perspective, we went out to um, out to dinner together not long after that and talked about it. Or maybe maybe you sent me a message right after that, 
that that um, Sunday morning, and um, the the words that I heard these may not be the words that you use, but the words that I heard reminded me of um, of um, Elizabeth when she heard Mary come and Mary's pregnant. And and it and something quickened in her heart. It was like you, you said as soon as you said Sri Lanka, I thought, I think we're supposed to go. Um, and so it that just was a really neat thing because I put that out there. How many people just kind of randomly decide, oh yeah, I want to go to Sri Lanka, the other side of the world. It's going to take a lot of money, take a lot of time. And so that was was just a really cool thing. So, Mrs. Rubel, you tell your story now. My story is. I um, <clears throat> I've never been on a mission trip before, as you all know. I have we have six kids, and I was home with them always. And Rick asked me to pray about going um, on this one, and so I was like, "Sure." And inside, I was like, "No way." So <laughs> I just thought, "Not Sri Lanka, not that far away." No, no, no. And so, but I did. I prayed. And we met with Don and Kim, and I even asked them, have you heard a word from the Lord? <laughs> and they were like, no. And I just I just didn't, I wasn't hearing no, I wasn't hearing yes. And then that night, um, it all came together after we talked. Um, and actually, what really happened was we were at the restaurant, and I was sitting back. And I sat forward and said, so what are we going to do at Sri Lanka? And they all looked at me like, whoa. <laughs> and I was like, that was not me. That was the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so that night I prayed a lot, and the next morning during quiet time, I just felt like God said, I want you to go to Sri Lanka. Um, go ahead, talk a little bit more about your devotions that morning and what really flipped the switch. <laughs> I was doing a Bible study called 40 Days of Decrease, and um, some of the days are really deep, and you could spend multiple days on it, and some of them were just, okay, done. So I did one that morning, and it was that. It was like... Um, Okay, easy, done, set it aside. And I just had this feeling, no, do another one. And I hadn't done that. And I was I was pretty far in before. And so I just thought, okay, so I did another one. Oh, my, I shouldn't have done another one. <laughs> because that is really where it set it. It talked about um, what we can give up for Jesus. And it was the story of um, Joseph of Arimathea, that when Jesus died, all Joseph could do was give him his tomb. And that was a lot, but that's all he could do. And she said, maybe we need to think about what is something we can do um, for Jesus. And then she says the words, to grow closer in our love to God, we need to do um, remove a self-protective layer so that he can move us where he wants us to. And it was that word, self-protective layer, because that's where I was. I was uncomfortable going um, some of you know I have some health issues. I was worried about that. And so I just felt like God was saying, it's going to be okay. Cool stuff. Okay, we'll just close the podcast right there. <laughs> no, uh, Larry, you, what's uh, your story in terms of how you got to Sri Lanka? Well, we flew out of... No, <laughs> but, but, uh, I was born a poor black child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I had uh, met Laminda and Denise uh, back in like 2008, 2009, when they became students at Great Lakes Christian College. Um, just a dynamic couple. Uh, you could just tell they love the Lord. 
and were committing their life to serve him, they were only going to go maybe a year to uh, Great Lakes Christian College and then get back on the mission field. They were just really anxious to, to get there and to start really witnessing for Christ and making a difference in Laminda's homeland. But they developed the hunger for a deeper walk with the Lord, and uh, they ended up staying all four years. And instead of leaving after four years, they said, we need some more. So they went down to Cincinnati Christian University and got a Master of Divinity degree. Both of them did. And after that, uh, that's when they started then uh, trying to raise support. They got involved with uh, CMF, Christian Missionary Fellowship, and uh, uh, just really uh, committed to doing what God wanted them to do according to his timetable. Fast forward to years later, you guys are now supporting them here at North Point, and I heard that they were you guys were going to do a mission trip. Well, when I was president at Great Lakes Christian College, every year we'd do a mission trip, take a group of our students and go, especially to one of our students' uh, home countries. Uh, unfortunately, uh, when Laminda and Denise were at the school, they had students ahead of them that we had already agreed to go visit their country. So by the time they graduated, we didn't get to go to Sri Lanka. We went to every place else except just about, except their place. So they were said, boy, we'd really love to have you come, Larry, and see what we're doing. So unbeknownst to me, how God works things out, my involvement with North Point, uh, my friendship with Rick, and uh, developed into hearing about a trip to Sri Lanka. So I asked Rick about it, and he goes, yeah, we're going. It's going to cost about $3,000. I went, okay, I'm retired now, so I don't know that I can swing that. And then eventually what happened, uh, the generosity of the church with the leadership here saying, we really want you to go. We think you'd be an encouragement uh, to uh, Laminda and Denise and also help evaluate the effectiveness of their ministry. Uh, would you would you be willing to go? I said, absolutely. And so that's how I was able to go on the trip. Just really God opening doors and something that was planted 2008, 2009 yeah. comes to fruition all these years later. So God, God had this plan all along that eventually I'd be able to go. And what a blessing it was. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you got to go. Uh, I know, well, big picture wise, we talked uh, before we went and said, our... Um, philosophically, when we do a mission trip, we want to go and be a blessing to the missionaries, not a burden. Lots of times when mission trip goes to visit a missionary, the missionary has to figure out all the stuff that they're going to do, all the logistics, and and at the end of the trip, the missionaries are kind of saying, get out of here. <laughs> just just let us get back to our yeah. to what we're called to do. And so I, I um, have had just a conviction. I always want, whenever I take a trip, whatever, for the for the missionaries to think, Man, we really want you to stay because you have blessed us so much. Right. And so we want to be a blessing to them. Right. But also, um, in my role, when I talked about um, when I was in Ukraine and, and coming back with the conviction that it was a, a real encouragement to the missionaries for me in my position to be able to go, I wanted to be able to see what, what Lamin and Denise were doing and, um, and just see what God was doing in Sri Lanka. And so those were the big um, picture goals to just to encourage our missionaries and to see um, how their work was, uh, what, what God was doing there. And so um, without asking anybody individually, so you can all just jump in, we can have a conversation. What, uh, talk about some of the things that we did. Don't all talk at once. Man, just starting from the beginning, just our portion of the team, the Michigan team, 
um, just being able to to get to know each other better. Mm. You know, I mean, we've we've seen you, Larry, come to the church and speak many times. Mm-hmm. We've always loved that, but being able to get to know you as a person, yeah. I mean, that was a big blessing yeah. to me. And Same then, thing. you know, getting closer to you guys, um, that started it off. Yeah. And then, of course, meeting the Kentucky team when we got there, and how that the entire group just meshed was amazing. That was a huge surprise to me. Yeah, so so we haven't really talked about that a ton, but um, we partnered with a, a group from Sherman, Kentucky, from from a church there that also support um, Ube Wanshas, and um, and they put all f- uh, nine of them, five of us, so fourteen of us together in one group, and um, and it was great. It w- just was a really really cool experience to be there with them. That allowed us to go in multiple places and to. Um, and to get to know each other, uh, and to be able to speak English uh, <laughs> freely, um, or more freely, anyway. So, yeah, go ahead, somebody else. What I, I think one of the things that I really felt right from the start was because we were there, we helped to validate uh, Laminda and Denise's ministry mm. to the other nationals who were there to say that, wow, this is a team of people and churches that support them in the work there. And I think connecting us with the Ubeoanchas really helped to validate what they're trying to accomplish there. I think that was really, really good. Yeah, and can you just talk a little bit about the credibility that, that they have mm-hmm. with, the, with the pastors who are in Sri Lanka, who have a heart for doing ministry the way that, that um, Lemon and Denise do. Uh, just talk about that a little bit. It, it's an amazing thing when you have your eyes open to really uh, what's going on in the world. Um, uh, this is Satan's realm. Um, he's winning the battle in so many fronts, and yet Christians spend way too much time competing with one another, or fighting one another, or pointing fingers at one another, detracting from the message of Christ. And what Laminda has done is reached across all kinds of uh, tribal, we're going to talk about Christian tribes, tribal separations and disagreements and issues, and bring people together under the banner of Jesus Christ and work together to make an impact in so many different areas that people aren't touching. And what a gift Laminda and Denise have to bring together uh, people. And, you know, I'm not talking about some whacked out groups that are out there doing strange things, but people who love Jesus Christ, who doctrinally are sound, but there's differences uh, maybe in approaches or understanding of what Scripture is about, but they believe in the authority of Scripture, who Jesus is, and then bring these people together and realize we're not the enemy. Right. <laughs> We're fighting this huge battle, and we need to come together to do this. And when you see the combined effect, it's like a synthesis thing going on. Yeah, uh, it's an amazing thing. So to, to me, that's the genius of what Lamind and Denise are doing: is bringing together. How many pastors are we? A hundred? I don't know how many pastors that they were. You know, we met yeah. with different groups of people, and throughout, and it wasn't just in Kennedy right. where they were located, but throughout. You know, we traveled to uh, what's the name of that place where we get the tea? Norelia. Yeah, I, I was I was wanting you to Norelia. say so Norelia. Yeah. Uh, it's not spelled that way, but it sounds yeah. like that. Uh, it's just amazing to me. So that's 
that's kind of like what I was seeing, what was happening, what, what they were Yeah, doing. and you mentioned we, t- we talked about the fact that because of um, their education at Great Lakes right. and at Cincinnati, because they have Master of, Div- of Divinity degrees, mm-hmm. that the pastors who are there, they have a, a level of credibility, All right. which if you think about um, anything that we know about in terms of groups cooperating, they're tends to be always some infighting, some vying for who has the most influence, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And and Lamina and Denise are not um, heavy-handed no. controlling leaders at all, no. but because they're outside of one individual church, um, it's, it's critical that they're able to work with lots of people in lots of different places and to bring them together based on vision. That's right. And um right. and so their their um educational background has helped them do that. Our right. presence there helped um solidify that yep. as well and in some really cool ways. That's right. Um ladies, what were some of the things that we did? Um I I still feel like every time I think about the trip I'm trying to process all mm-hmm. that we uh, were experienced in a short two weeks because there are so many different levels yeah. to things that we did. Um, things like we were taught, uh, things that they're doing there. Um, we actually went out and taught things to people. Um, we were exposed to their culture. We were able to get a taste and a feel of many different things. And we were also accepted by them. I felt like we were a part of their family. Yeah. Uh, and that was really neat to have that welcome feeling. Good. Yeah, that's right. Um, we also were able to go Get a little closer. <laughs> we were also able to um, go into the mountains and mm-hmm. part of us were in a church um, and they were speaking about medical issues with them and then part of us went down into a village and just loved on kids Mm -hmm. and talked about Jesus and that experience was very wonderful and it was really neat seeing how all the pastors from all the congregations all the different denominations villages um were together united but um my favorites were when we were with the kids at the school. We also went to a school um, and just loving on them in our own unique ways. Yeah. Don, anything? Boy, it, like Kim said, it's hard to sort of process it to be able to talk about individual things. Um, that feeling of family is probably the first thing. Just the, the openness of everyone's hearts there um, just amazing. It, it didn't feel like we were there visiting on a mission trip. It, it felt like we were there among our own family. Our own yeah, kind, kind of like a family reunion that you haven't been to for a really long time. So you don't know all the players, you know a few, but then the more you get acquainted, the more you have in common. Yeah. Yeah. So the things we did to me are not, they, they stand out, but they're not what affected me. It was the relationships. Um, Good. Yeah, and those have continued the last couple of weeks through yeah. electronic means. Yeah, actually, before we recorded this, 
Um, there was activity this morning between Sri Lanka and Kentucky and Michigan. Everybody just kind of reconnecting. Um, I, I said that we were going to record the podcast, and so people are praying all over the world about that, which is kind of a cool thing. Um, I kind of just yeah, inter- absolutely. Deb brought up a really uh, just sparked a memory in my mind um, about that uh, being down um, in the village, but then also at the school. Um, we were on a tea plantation where the school was, and as Laminda was sharing, um, the owners of the plantation want to keep uh, their people wanting to pick tea leaves. They don't want them to progress, and as a result, the subtle message is is that, yes, we'll give you this education, but it's solely for the purpose of meeting maybe a government standard, but we want you to stay in perpetuity to be pick, picking tea leaves and have really no hope past that. What I really felt was that when we were there, there was this little spark of hope. There's a world outside of this plantation. And if, if yes, the Christian message was there, but there was something even wider than that for these young people to say, here's this, this guy, Don, who's this doctor, is talking to us about brushing our teeth and about health issues and so forth. And I just happened to be there. Kim was on the other side of the building talking to the, the gals. But giving that little hope to maybe one or two students that really got it to say there's a world that's bigger than this tea plantation. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, this is just a small little, like, like you said, Kim, we're still processing the impact. And that just hit me right now. I didn't think about it until you just said that, is... Their whole world is there. Yeah, They have no means to get off of that plantation. And yet we come in and plant that seed is amazing. Yeah, yeah contextually, um, to that, um, that happened on, what, four hours or whatever yeah, in, right. of, of just one day that we were there. Right. But it was really interesting to me is listening to the principal of the school talk about what they're dealing with, uh, the kids that are there, and it just made me think— um, Different context, but a lot of similarity to civil rights issues in the South where uh, African-Americans might have been given a chance to go to a school, but it was an inferior school. Um, and the whole, uh, a lot of the logistics involved in that in the first part of the 20th century were to just say, yeah, okay, you're there. We're going to keep you there forever. Yeah. And um, for us to come in and and to be able to help a little bit, um, but to bring hope yeah. is uh, um, that has the ability to really change the trajectory of people's lives. Yeah. And and uh, it it was fun. We handed out candy, and if you've got you know 150 kids getting candy, they were hyped up about it. We had phones and are taking pictures. The kids loved having their pictures taken. Um, several of them had enough English that, um, like, I was going around asking people for their names, and they would laugh as I would try and say their names and butcher them in um, yeah. uh, in their language, but then they got calling me Grandpa, and so they're saying, oh, Grandpa, Grandpa, take our picture, um, and then um, Deb came over, and they said, Grandma, because she had <laughs> introduced herself as my wife, so lots of, lots of fun stuff. Um, let's let's uh, derail for a second and just talk about derail. Uh, let's go a different direction for a while. How's that? Um, Sri Lanka uh, I, I said seven years ago, I had no idea where Sri Lanka was. Um, so Sri Lanka is an island off the southeast coast of India. 
Um, it's a country that's that has a long and rich history. Um, been there for a long, long time. It was um, uh, conquered. Uh, well, there were wars with the Dutch where they tried to make it a colony, and then ultimately Great Britain did in the 19th century. Uh, they were a British colony until, I think, 1948 when they were granted their independence. Um, and, and so in, in terms of what we experienced there in the cities and, and up in the tea plantations, we saw lots of things in English because of the British influence um, and, and lots of influence of British culture that is still there, obviously, 75 years later. And so uh, uh, talk some just about your impressions culturally, what, what we experienced, what was cool, what surprised you, anything like that. Go ahead, Don. <laughs> hmm. It was all cool. <laughs> um, tea. We had a lot of tea. <laughs> and tea we haven't had before. I think we're all sort of hooked on milk tea now. Yeah. Um, and, and What's mil- what is milk tea? Can't quite recreate it yet, but no. we're getting there. No. So, you know, a combination of just tea and milk and different things like cinnamon and cardamom and um, put together in just like this wonderful ambrosia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, oh, trying to think. You guys jump in. The food was really good. There were only a couple times that um, we were all a little like, whoa, that's kind of spicy. <laughs> but... Um, a lot of rice, and I came home and thought I would don't need to eat rice for a while, but actually, I made rice. <laughs> I have grown to like it a lot, and so I'm excited about figuring out recipes and figuring out the milk tea. So, um, so we were there for two weeks. Um, what was the food like? Um, was it what you expected? Was it different? Did we have variety? So, like when I've been to Central America, it's kind of like yeah, rice and beans, and maybe some chicken, rice and beans, and some other vegetables, rice and beans. And uh, somebody talk more about the food, Kim. <laughs> I like food. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was get a little closer. I was impressed and amazed by the uh, vegetables and fruits that we saw along the road. It just the land is so lush, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to see that there and just readily available, um, the dishes were unique every time we had something a lot of curry which and i love the spice i didn't feel like it was too hot but um sorry leonard (laughs) yeah (laughs) simple meals but really good and different from what we're used to i don't think we even have a sri lankan restaurant in in the area that i know of i haven't started looking yet um i i was surprised that um, Deb and I, early in our adulthood, had a bad experience with curry, um, but the Indian curry. And just for both of us, it's kind of been like, oh, you smell that curry and think, I don't know that I can keep what's in my stomach in my stomach. Um, but Sri Lankan curry, the, that mix of spices, very, very different than Indian curry. Mm-hmm. Larry's been to, to India. And, and for being there for 12 days... Um, I don't think we had any meal that was alike. We didn't have the same meal twice. 
in any of that time except breakfast. We had most of our <laughs> most of our breakfasts at the hotel were pretty consistent. But in terms of what we ate at lunch and at dinner, um, and it was good. We had lots of lots of of uh, uh, food to eat. We didn't go hungry at all. Um, any thoughts? Well, it was amazing to see how quickly Don. Uh, got acclimated to the culture because he was eating without utensils. <laughs> uh, saw him. Uh, they have a style of eating where they are able to uh, meld their vegetables and meats in with the rice and make it in kind of a little ball where they. And there's a whole style of how you get it off your hands and and so forth. But every time I did, my mom was smacking my hand <laughs> in my mind saying, do not play with your food, use utensils. So I couldn't get the swing of it. But Don, he just jumped right in there. I thought he, he was a native. Like <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, he eats. <laughs> that's, that's the way he eats at home, yeah. It took a few days to, so, to get used just, to that. Describe that process. Describe how they <laughs> eat. It really was exactly exactly how Larry described it. Um, you know, everything's there on your plate, and it seems like you just get a little of this and a little of that, and it comes together with the rice, and kind of almost hold it in your hand and push it in with your thumb. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And, and they were very gracious with us consistently. Most meals we had utensils, so that yeah. um, we didn't have to do that. The one, um, the one experience that is very vivid in my mind. We um, one day went to the largest botanical gardens in uh, Asia. Mm -hmm. And so we were there. We had lunch together there. So um, in the botanical gardens, all of, for the most part, all the seats were gone. So we ate out on the roots of this ginormous tree. We're, Deb and I are sitting on this root that's probably two feet off the ground. And they bring us our lunch, and it's in a it's in a package that's kind of similar to old school quarter pounder with cheese before they had the styrofoam containers, where you just got the the paper that wraps it. It's kind of in a little square that's probably three inches thick. And I open it up, and it's all rice and meat and curry sauce, and we don't have any utensils. We're sitting on we're we're sitting on roots outside. And there's no option except to try and do this thing. Um, it was uh, it was a challenge, um, was. but fun. It was a, a fun memory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, think, go ahead. I was just going to say one other thing is the generosity uh, goes along with the milk tea too. In that every place we went, they brought treats for us, and yeah. they wanted to share things with us. And food was a big part of that. They cooked us many meals that were wonderful. Yeah, one one of the um, well, Denise's sister is a woman named Molly. Um, her daughter Esther, uh, so so Laminda's um, niece, is a student at Great Lakes right now. She's coming to North Point. Maybe she's watching whatever. But Molly was um, after the botanical gardens. She said, "I've got to have everybody come to my house for lunch." Um, it was it was kind of like Jesus saying, "You're compelled, you know, come coming to your house today." Um, well, I just mentioned the botanical gardens. We're talking about cultural issues. Um, uh, there's benches all through the botanical gardens, but there's no place to sit because they were young couples sitting on these benches. Uh, there's, it's really, uh, I think it's good. Uh, their relationship, dating relationship, is uh, very proper. And uh, 
it has to be in public. They can't be alone. Uh, I think still marriages are kind of arranged over there. Yeah, some couples and yep. families agree that my daughter's going to marry your son type of thing. And the couples where they can meet and spend time, private time, is on these public benches in the botanical gardens. And because there's so many of them, they can just scatter all over the place. So honestly, you, you could not hardly find a bench to sit on because of couples all through the park. Yeah. And being very proper. There were sometimes you saw someone who were, were kissing, but... Uh, as Laminda said, there's that's why the police are there to come with their stick and hit against the, the bench and <laughs> say, hey, cut it out over there. So it's really fascinating that's, about yeah. even that cultural thing that even in dating, uh, it's very proper and uh, uh, respectful and, uh, and, and in public. So it was really yeah. kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, just in, in terms of in general, speaking about cultural things, this is my impression. You, you guys feel free to, to jump in. The Sri Lankans... Um, Oftentimes, our stereotype of Asians is that they're um, pushy and um, and and kind of controlling, and the Sri Lankans I mean, kind of like New Yorkers. Yeah, kind of oh, like New Yorkers. Yeah, um, <laughs> and the and the Sri Lankan people consistently, at least in my experience, were incredibly warm and giving um, and engaging. Except, so, except when they're driving. Well, except except even then, there there is this there is this uh, yeah. system of 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 yielding to other yeah, people. That's true. That's a good point. Somebody somebody says, "I need to get over," and and you yield, but there's just not a lot of space yeah. when when they do that. Um, but just incredibly warm and um, and a little bit of reservedness. Yep. Um, and yet not distance. Um, some places I've been as an American. Uh, like they see you're an American and it's like, eh, just kind of stay away from me. And there was not that sense at all. Um, any, any, no, anybody fine. else on kind of cultural things? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we went to a cultural show <clears throat> and we had, we were still suffering, sorry, <clears throat> from jet lag. Big time. It was our first night there. It was our first night. And so we went and we sat. And that was really neat to see the traditional costumes, the traditional dancing. Um, but the, there was rhythmic drumming the whole way, the whole time with every song. And we were all like, gung, gung. and we felt so bad because we were like, we were hoping nobody could see us do that. <laughs> but um, that was a really neat experience besides falling asleep. Yeah, and and we got to um, on one of our last days there, a couple of days from the end of the trip, um, we stopped at an elephant sanctuary kind of a deal, and we all got to ride elephants, which was really fun. And then right across the street, there was what you would uh, just what you would envision a snake charmer that was. He didn't do it while we were there because he wanted money, but I saw him doing it at one point where he mm-hmm. he gets out his his instrument and begins to play and the snake comes out of the basket and is looking around. And, uh, it, it was some of the things that you hear about, see about, uh, you know, see video of whatever. And we were there and kind of experienced it, which was cool. One other thing I, I just thought about this, not only at Kim said it was so lush, uh, just green and flowers everywhere. In fact, I was telling my wife, came back, there's a walkway where our hotel was, and I start not even noticing the flowers as I'm yeah. walking up. And when you're first there, just everywhere, gorgeous, beautiful yeah. flowers. But also how 
neat their country was. Yeah. Uh, it was obvious that the citizens cared about their country and uh, didn't see hardly any litter. If you go to other countries on mission trips, that's the first thing you see is how right. people don't care about what their country looks like. It's obvious that Sri Lankans really care about uh, their country and keeping it clean. Hey, we're, we, um, we want to tell you more about Sri Lanka. And so actually, um, we're going to bring this episode of North Point Conversations to a close, but we'll have another episode, I think, that will drop maybe uh, a week from now. And, uh, and we want you to, to watch that as well. Um, to just kind of tease what I want us to talk about, I want us to talk about the spiritual condition that exists in Sri Lanka, to, so to to kind of have an oversight of that, and specifically what um, Laminda and Denise are doing, how they're leading um, the leaders who were there to help bring Jesus into that culture. So, hey, thanks for watching. We will be back with you momentarily, or in a week. It's going to be momentarily <laughs> for us. We're doing it in one in one shot. So, hey, thanks for watching, and we'll catch you on the next episode.